It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Coach Harrison and I met five years ago and we were in a pool, don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, and it's everyone's favorite day of the week. It's a Ferg Friday. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. How are you, my friend? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm, I'm You've already prepped me for what today is going to be like. It's like a warning. It's like, a, just, yeah. just get ready. Because yeah. uh, the Locked on Auburn Discord, little saucy today with the questions. All right. Let's bring it. Also, there's some people that really, really love you that listen to this show, <laughs> as expected. I, I appreciate that. But uh, we, we had a, a league-wide fantasy baseball draft earlier this week. Ah. And I think there's a handful of folks that have like Justin Ferguson themed team names. Oh, good lord, <laughs> that's scary. That is scary. I'll pull those up for you later Yikes. if you want. Yikes! Um, all right, so here we go. Let's just jump into it. If you want to join the Locked On Auburn Discord, check it out in the episode description down below, or just hit me up on Twitter and I can send you the link. Uh, I am Jamie asks, who wins in a fight, Bo Nix or Jarrett Stidham? <laughs> This is a good question. Um, I think it's Bo Nix, and it's not close. By the yeah, way, yeah, I think it's I think it's Bo. Um, you know, I, I I like I think Bo's got a little bit more scrappiness to him. That's it. Um, scrappiness is the word. I think Jarrett, especially now in the NFL, he's got the he's got the 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 pretty boy style of, of being a quarterback. Uh, I don't know if he's going to necessarily mix it up like Bo can. Man, I'm just I'm going to go with Bo. Yeah, I am too. Evers asked this question, and I, I didn't notice this question yesterday until I just pulled up the the app, but. Evers asked, who wins in a fight, Brian Harson or Alan Green? And yes, the fight is in a pool. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to lean towards I'm going to lean towards Alan Green here. Um, just I don't know, man. It's just there's just a gut. gut that is feeling a built man. Yeah. I mean, in Harson. You know, former college football player. He's a tough guy. He preaches toughness, but I just I, I don't know, man. Get, something about something just snapped in my head on that one where it was like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm taking Alan Green. My gut leans Alan Green. I mean, he's a big dude. Yeah, and, and my other thing there is that Alan Green, you know, Harson, you know, Harson could confirm the pool story, but like Green brought it up himself. That's home territory for Ooh, him. Ooh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, he's fighting on his. I, I'm pretty sure that's not the. <laughs> only like meeting he's ever had with an important person in a pool so i think i think that's that's home field home field advantage i'm going i'm going with uh i'm going with alan what a great approach to that awesome okay um all right serious question now swg troll ask any idea who the punter is for next season yeah i mean at this point you know they are from what we've seen, they are kind of going back and forth right now between between Aiden, Aiden Marshall and Oscar Chapman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would expect Chapman to be the guy because he's the guy on scholarship. Right. But I mean, last season they kind of went back and forth, and it it wasn't a bad move. Like they 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 weren't 
you know, it, it, it didn't drop them off significantly, significantly because of it. Um, somebody asked me in my bail bag for Friday about special teams. It's like they're very, very early in the process. Like they are laying the foundation. So I think a lot of that stuff is still TBD. Do you know if head coaches handle punters differently? Do you, do you know that? I'm no, sure there's some I, differences, but I don't know what they would be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are guys who, especially now, prefer to go get an Australian import because of the way um, they've kind of taken football by storm and the number of them in the NFL now. And I think some of them still prefer kind of like that that corner style, mm-hmm. you know, um, try to pin them, pin them back kind of kind of dudes. I, I I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's just one of those things where it's like you get the guy you want, or you try to get the best guy available to you, and then you kind of build around it because Auburn. Under Malzahn, Auburn had a variety of types of punters. I mean, you got to go back to, um, you know, the beginning uh, of, of, you know, in that 2013-2014 run. I mean, Stephen Clark, he was a completely different kind of punter than they had with, like, Aaron Sipos, right? Like, yeah. just, just completely different styles. Stephen Clark was a fan. really good punter. I don't he think we appreciated awesome. him while he was here enough. Yeah, and the thing with Stephen Clark that doesn't get looked, like, looked at a ton is, like, you go to the, the you know, final records for Auburn, and he didn't have a deep – punting average and that's really the only one they've kept up with for a long time but he he could pin teams inside the 20 inside the 10 with regularity yeah, having that's, that that's touch having that placement that's that's more important than power most of the time and so. especially considering how good auburn was on offense in, in 13 is that you know when they did punt they usually weren't backed up so far mm-hmm. so like you know they they got to play it a little bit more strategically whenever they did sure um all right so auburn has landed Zepp Jasper, the, mm-hmm. the 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 transfer from College of Charleston. Yeah, had a uh, had a breakdown of him Thursday in the Observer. That's that was the that was the Thursday cool. newsletter. Cool. So, so so if you want people to subscribe and go read that, you don't have to answer this question. But what <laughs> up? What NBA player comp would you give Zepp Jasper? Oh wow, was that uh, was that mentioned at all in, no, the, in the article? No, it wasn't. I, I don't remember seeing it. No, it wasn't. And I, that's a really good question. I, NBA NBA player. I mean. I don't know if any of them immediately spring to mind, but if you can think of a guy who, you know, six foot, six one, um, kind of that three level score, but his his top, you know, priority is defense. He is a he is a relentless kind of hounding the ball type of defender. What about maybe not necessarily NBA guy, but what about a guy like Davion Mitchell? Any yeah, any similarities like there? I think there's some similarities there for sure. Uh, for sure, I think I think Davion might be a little bit more. Um, I think there might be a little bit more offensive game to him. I mean, okay. Jasper, the thing with Jasper that 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 st- stood out to me is not only and it's in the story. Not only is he a guy who shoots pretty well at the rim, excellent free throw shooter, decent three point shooter. Um, he gets a lot of his stuff off the dribble. Like Auburn, if you look at the last season, Auburn's shots off of passes, off of assist were really really high. Right, Jasper, especially on two point jumpers, something that Auburn didn't do a ton. He creates his own shot. He's got a really quick release. He's got an awesome step back that he likes to use a lot uh, to get twos and threes. And so, yeah, it's kind of that creative kind of player. And I, I think w- what you're seeing now with with uh, what Baylor's done with Davion Mitchell, I think that's a pretty good comp as well. Do you like two point jumpers? I'm not a fan of. I them. I don't like them either. I'm not a fan of them. But like, if you've seen in the NCAA tournament, teams that can hit them. Um, and it's not like I think it's kind of more of a last resort thing. Try to work for right. try to work for a, a, a two or a long. I mean, like, but look at UCLA; they're in the Final Four now, and they've got several guys on that team that are really good. I mean, like Johnny Juzang is really good at hitting that and mm-hmm. hitting that jumper, and it's it's taken them so far. And I think if you play really good defense and build your identity around it and get some 
and get some uh, short. If you're a good offensive rebounding team, those 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 two point those two point looks aren't bad for you. I think that's why teams like North Carolina do it a lot. Sure, absolutely. Justin Ferguson, Ferg Friday. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Hey, baseball is here. It's the Final Four weekend with the championship in college basketball just around the corner. Ton of fun things to bet on at BetOnline.ag. They've even got things outside of sports. So, Real-time update odds. It's super easy. Uh, early Heisman odds are up there as well. So head over to the website, or you can uh, use your mobile device, betonline.ag. And when you sign up, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Jay Fur, give us an update on things going on at the Auburn Observer, how folks can sign up, all that good stuff. Yeah, as a, like I said uh, uh, earlier, Zep Jasper breakdown, did a little basketball this week. That was our Thursday newsletter. Mailbag came back on Friday. I took a week off from that last week because of everything. Did it feel good coming back? Did yeah, it feel good? It, it, it felt good coming back. Sure. Was, um, some good questions, some fun ones uh, like these right here. So it was, it was good to get back in that in that groove. Um, earlier in the week, and this is you don't have to have a subscription to read this, but I had the uh, – I had a story that I just decided to pull off because it was, you know, an off week of practice. But um, I redid the college football schedule into the Champions League format, and that got a lot of attention. A lot okay. of people, a lot of people liked that on Twitter, and um, you can check that out. You don't need a subscription for that, uh, but kind of breaking all that down. And uh, yeah, six dollars a month, sixty dollars a year. AuburnObserver.com. You get uh, you get a few stories a week from me on Auburn football and Auburn basketball. You also get. Uh, extra podcasts go along with the free one that we're doing and uh if you normally listen to our podcast uh on the weekends it's usually on sunday but we're going to take the easter weekend off and it'll be up monday morning cool awesome yeah and if you like what uh justin says here uh please go to auburnobserver.com and uh sign up absolutely all right so ricky asked what player combination of players would be able to beat J.J. Pegues in a fight? And then Vine <laughs> followed up with a question that I absolutely love. J.J. Pegues versus Thanos. Does Thanos even stand a chance? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the thing I think the thing with Thanos is he's got to be, you know, he's got to be ready for J.J.'s agility. I don't think anybody ever really prepares for that. He's a big guy, and you can see he's a very powerful dude, but, like, I think he's got a little bit more wiggle than Thanos does. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's got he's to keep an eye out. For yeah, that. Thanos not good in space. Yeah, I, I'd be interested in like they do cross paths from time to time because of the position they play. But um, some of those defensive linemen for Auburn, like um, you know those those interior guys, like that would be an interesting little scrap. Like um, <laughs> I was, I was uh, the open practices that we've seen. I have been really impressed in particular with how well Lee Hunter uses his hands really? on the football field. Okay, like, he's a very very strong, powerful, very violent kind of hands. 
Um, so I like, I, you know, that'd be one I'd be interested in. Sure. I and mean, he's a big dude as well. So, um, you, you get that a lot. Auburn banker, Lindsay, he says, follow up from last week Would uh, Jay Ferg rather fight 100 <laughs> JJ Piggy sized Pegasus's Pegasi or one Pegasus sized JJ Piggy's. Yeah. We're you typically, all, you we're, typically go with the one, We're right? just going with the one. Yeah. Still with the one. Um, just a numbers game. Why is Fromm ahead of Brandon Frazier on the depth chart? I don't think he is. I think oh. they're just rotating. I, that's that's the vibe I've gotten every time. Is I've, it an I've, age I've, thing? They're just doing nah, it by seniority? No, I mean, like, I've seen... Uh, right now, if you have seen the two tight ends that are getting out on the field the most right now, it's Deal and Pagis. Mm-hmm. Fromm and Frazier, they're kind of doing some of the same stuff. They're just uh, they're they're splitting them out wide a little bit more. Whereas Fromm, and, I mean, I'm sorry. Whereas Deal and Pegues are doing kind of more uh, fullback, two tight end set stuff. I think they're going to use Frazier more with that split out role, coming out kind of a big slot kind of guy. So that might be a little bit why you might see Fromm from more. But I mean, it's early. It's really really early, and they. With the exception of the little shuffle they did in the secondary, which I wrote about earlier this week, they're kind of just rolling with seniority and just, these first couple weeks' practices. They kind of just roll with seniority and just like, I mean, everybody in America that follows Auburn football is like, why have they not done anything on the offensive line? It's right. like, well, it's early. So I, I think it's kind of the same thing there with the tight ends. I think they're rotating them. Do mostly. you expect a change now that we've, this is kind of the week off inter? intermediate yeah. you know, break. Intermission is what I'm looking for there. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to approach things different now? Because, I mean, they pretty much went chalk with the first half yeah. of it as far as what we've seen from a depth chart standpoint. Yeah, there's only a couple of position groups where you've seen kind of some shakeups. Right. So, I mean, everything else is like, we probably would have guessed that. And then on mm-hmm. the defensive side, it's like, well, who's who's a lineman, who's an edge, who's right. an interior guy. So, like, some right. of it was just, like, where are they going to put certain yeah, dudes? Yeah, moving, co- moving corners to safety. Sure, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, but other than that, it went, it went pretty chalk. Mm-hmm. Do you expect that to change now that they're watching film this week and they know guys better, or is that not going to happen until fall? Yeah, that's a good question because Harson said earlier in, in camp that he was like, you know, these first couple of weeks, we were just trying to kind of lay it down. We'll have a pecking order. It's basically like this isn't a depth chart, but this is who's going first in drills and practices. So, and, so, so and you think there's on. a difference between pecking order and depth chart? You don't Take, think he's saying depth chart and just like, but he's saying pecking order? He's saying pecking order is the fact like here's who goes out there in drills, at, in what order they go with. We don't necessarily look at this guy as, all right, you're definitely first team right now, you're definitely second team. He said, when we come back, we get later in camp. Then we start kind of separating. So I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing a little bit more of that. But it, it honestly could just be the same group again or similar guys again, just, you know, differences in reps. And, of course, we don't see a ton of that sure. while we're out there. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing a little move, moving around. The one position group, I mean, we just talked about offensive line. One thing is that during the open practice and a little bit when we saw uh, the viewing window before the scrimmage, they look to be rotating the tackles a little bit more. Like oh the, really? It feels like the guards are just kind of like, hey, you know, especially with council out, it's like you guys are set. Like it's going to be Tayshawn Manning and Counter Jones and Nick Brahms. Like that's they there. There seems to be a clear line between that first team interior and that second team interior. Without council. Without council. I think when council, it gets comes very back, interesting yeah, when council yeah, comes back. Yeah, and, but in that open practice, you started seeing, you know, um, uh, man, I'm I'm blanking here. Uh, which position? Yeah, the tackles. Uh, you so saw Alec, Alec Jackson. You saw Brendan uh, Brendan Coffey and okay. um, Austin Troxel 
rotating a little bit more with Alec Jackson and Bird Arias Ham, who have been the who, who are the first team. Guys. So Coffee's my guy, right? I, right. I, I think he's going to find a way to start, but I don't think he starts at right tackle. I think he's more likely to start at left tackle. But whenever they've sub guys in, they're putting Troxel at left tackle. Yeah, they're keeping. So it, they're so keeping them where my, they've been. They've been it's, keeping it's killing my prediction there. Yeah, and and Killian Zyre's been has been working at left tackle still as well. So like. They're keeping them kind of where, and Nick Brom said this at the beginning of camp. It's like we're keeping pretty much everybody where they have been. Mm-hmm. They haven't done a lot of mixing matches. That might be something new that they 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 draw up here in the second half of spring practice. Is just say, hey, well, maybe this guy works there. I think the interior there is pretty set. Like, what happens we'll, when what happens when Council comes back, brother? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea because I think you can make an argument for any of those three guys in the interior to stay where they are and not shuffle or move them around. I mean, and I, See, I, I think the worst guy is Brahms, but he's got so much experience at center, it's like there is value in that. And then I think the worst guy after that, between Keandre Jones and Tayshawn Manning, like, I like Keandre Jones more as a guard. And so, But Brian Harson loves Tayshawn Manning. Like, there's a picture of Tayshawn Manning in like Brian Harson's bedroom. I'm convinced. Like he loves Tayshawn Manning. He talks about him all the time. So, Tayshawn Manning was a really good player for Auburn last year. He was one of the like when Council went down, you could argue he was the most he was the most consistent offensive lineman. Really? Yep. hmm Okay. All right. Council was Council was the guy. They were never the same after Council went down. I was really happy with what Keandre Jones did and last Keandre, year. And Keandre Jones, I like Keandre Jones a lot, too. I think, I mean, when you talk about how Auburn's one of Auburn's biggest problems the last few years is the recruiting talent on the offensive line, well, Keandre Jones is that top recruit that Auburn has not had at the offensive line for a while. So you've got to rely on, on guys like that, I think, moving forward. But, yeah, Manning, Manning just gets it done. Uh, he is very – he, to me, is very similar to, to the guy that he replaced at Auburn in Mark Harrell – where it was like, he's just going to do his job. It's mm-hmm. it, you know you can rely on him uh, a pretty good bit. And I think I think Tayshon's got that to his game. All right, we got a big scheme question coming up right here on Locked On Auburn. Built Bar, of course, the amazing tasting, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Built Bar Madness is happening, and you need to go to builtbar.com. And use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order. Once again, BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, so San Andreas in the Locked On Auburn Discord. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a long scheme question, but he knows you're the guy for this. Oh, so let's see let's see how this goes. He said, uh, I would really like to get Ferg's impression on how the plays in the middle of the Venn diagram of Gus's playbook and Harson's will look mm. and or play differently. I've seen Harson run GT counter with... RPO bubble tag from 11 personnel and mm-hmm. Auburn's power run game this year was very nearly nothing but variations on GT counter. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the big thing there is there is a Venn diagram. I think you're not going to get quite as much 
zone read stuff. Um, and that might change because, you know, one of the things Brian Harson and Mike Mobo have done in the past is they've adapted to what type of quarterbacks had. So if, so if Bo Nix is more comfortable doing that, they'll put more of that stuff in there. But you didn't see quite as many RPOs. You didn't see quite as many kind of zone read base stuff. Um, but what you do see a lot of is like is like you were saying that that guard ta- that guard tackle counter um, they do like to run power that kind of traditional you know smash mouth stuff even out of the shotgun for Auburn. Um I think you'll see I think you will see uh, a lot of the the motion into screens kind of thing like getting guys in jet motion and, and throwing it out there to them. Um, we've seen the screens that we saw in the, in the Saturday open practice look quite similar. I think they, you know, um, you know, little jailbreak screens to the left side, uh, the little convoy that they like to run sure. uh, from time to time. I think the screens are very similar. I think the power running game out of the shotgun is very similar. But I think a lot of the other stuff, it's it's kind of hard to to see where the comparison is because you know they're going to go under center, they're going to run I formation, they're going to run a lot of stuff like that. And I'm curious to see where it goes. The one more thing that pops into my head is Auburn last season, especially with Pegues and Deal, ran a lot of 12 personnel in certain situations out of the shotgun. I think they're going to do that a decent bit with uh, with, with Harson's background. Um, and it's kind of doing some creative things out of play action and, and kind of power running off of those. So how much does that change as far as like what a defense has to do to respond when you do some of that stuff under center opposed to shotgun? Yeah, I think it's just um, – I think it's a, a more of a benefit for the offense, especially when you run kind of downhill stuff. You know, it, it looks and feels different when you were, you know, taking the snap under center and guys getting kind of full head of steam. Yeah, the flow the and the timing's different too, just as far as like, you know, when you're going to get blocked by somebody, you know, blocking, you know, GDB gap down backer as far as guards crashing in and, and, and you know, clearing out holes. Mm-hmm. It's hard to adapt because it's just a different timing every play. Well, and then one of the one of the counters that defenses have to a lot of stuff that you do like out of zone stuff. There was a ton – I mean, the Chad Morris offense was a lot of RPO, a lot of zone read based stuff, and – one of the counters that defenses has made, have made to that over the years is, you know, what the offense wants you to do in a zone read is they want the defensive end to commit and then they play off of it. Mm-hmm. So what we've seen more of is like, and, and um, Derek Mason's actually actually was one of the one of the pioneers of this this technique when he was at Stanford, backing guys up, kind of letting them read and react a little more, a little more two gap and stuff. You know, not fully committing. Now, if you have a dude like, I always think of the six, 2016 game when. Um, Miles Garrett just wreaked havoc on Auburn because he's big enough and athletic enough to just charge. He did what they call you know mess charge and, and it worked. Defenses can kind of back up a little bit and play a little bit more reactive. How far because, are they backing up compared to norm- normally? What they're three yards off? Yeah, linebackers will move back a couple of yards more. Defensive. I think what you'll see more is defensive ends will like not like pin the ears back and just go because that's what they want you to do. They kind of be a little bit more reactive. You go to a an offense where you're going to be running power straight at them downhill a lot more. That's going to get the defense to have to overcome because if you play back and you do that, you do that side to side stuff against somebody who's just trying to ram it right down your throat. It's going to be pretty effective, and so then you can kind of manipulate how the defense is played at you, so that when you use play action or when you when you roll out a little um, zone read or something like that off of it. They're not going to be quite as ready for it. So I think it's just kind of manipulating how defenses have to come at you in, in, in this sense. And so who benefits from this the most? Is, is, it, is it the running game? Is it Tank? 
I think Tank's going to benefit a lot because uh, the Harson and Bobo's experiences, they find a number one running back and lean on him. Not overwork, and everybody's going to start freaking out about it because of you know what happened with Carrion and some of these guys in the past at Auburn. But you know they don't necessarily have to rotate their running backs quite as much as maybe you'd see in other schemes because they aren't going quite as fast. They're you know kind of a little bit more of a breakdown between plays. Um, I think personally Auburn's offensive line will benefit from it over the last few years and it came true again last year statistically Auburn's offensive line is better at blocking power running plays than zone running plays it's the chemistry and the and the footwork and all the timing that comes down with zone when it works it's awesome yeah power a little bit more simple if you got the players to do it it's more effective and I think a guy like Tank's gonna gonna like it as well sure if you like this kind of stuff if you want to learn more about Auburn's scheme the best place to get all of that is at uh with Justin at auburnobserver.com sign up and Justin give us the give us the rundown one more time. Yeah, auburnobserver.com $6 a month or $60 a year. Uh, if you sign up there, you get everything we write and everything we do podcast-wise emailed to your inbox so you can read it on your own time, listen on your own time. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want to listen to our free podcast which is which we do once a week every weekend, that's uh, wherever you listen to them, Auburn Observer. Just search it. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time as always, brother. Yeah. I, the questions, I was I was a little bit more nervous with the questions. That was a strong group. That sure. was a strong group of questions. Sure. Good job, to, good job to the Discord. Yeah, and we had a lot more who wins in a fight. I don't want to get too repetitive, but <laughs> I will actually, real quick, All right. uh, I will do one more. Um, who wins in a fight between Stretch Akingbola and Dylan Cardwell? Cardwell off a of bulk, but I think if we're doing a boxing match, no, this is this is this yeah raw fisticuffs this, in an alleyway. Right. If if this is a fight, I'm going to go with the bigger Cardwell. If this is a boxing match, the reach of Akinbola and the agility mm-hmm. of Akinbola, I think he can work the judges a little bit better. All right. So I'm going with them. That's the stuff you get. AuburnObserver.com. We'll be back on Monday to recap everything that happened over the weekend right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.